Company of One, episode number 119. How do you develop that entrepreneurial mindset so that you become the owner instead of just acting like an employee? Welcome to the Company of One podcast featuring Dale Callahan. Dedicated to helping you find freedom in life and with your career. Learn how to not only increase your income, but take control of the income you acquire. Let's ignite that inner entrepreneur in you. Now, welcoming your host, Dale Callahan. Hey, it's great to be back with you today, this week. Um, you know, this uh, this, this is a, a podcast I started a while back, you know, probably a couple of years ago uh, after I wrote the book, Resumes Are Worthless. And Resumes Are Worthless, even though the title sounds like it's about resumes, it's, it's really about the spirit of being a company of one. How do you be, how do you operate like an entrepreneur. So a lot of the things I talk about come out of the, at least the spirit of the beginning of that book. And I've been teaching this for years. And it's one of those things that when we started doing this in our graduate program, this company of one model, it kind of woke up. And I just remember people coming up to me afterwards and saying, Dale, that is why we are here. We are here to take ownership of our ability to earn income. I don't care if I'm an entrepreneur out there raising venture capital or if I'm going to work every day for the man. I want to be the owner. I want to feel like I'm the owner because you are the owner. If you are making money, you are the owner. And let me, so that's what I kind of wanted to revisit that today. The main difference between you if you're an employee and an entrepreneur is ownership. So let me just say more globally, so you know, because you might see yourself in a lot of different ways, but the main difference between an employee and an entrepreneur is ownership. Ownership. That's it. That's the difference. Uh, so I think you'll understand what I'm saying. If you don't, if you probably are already like, okay, I get it. But if you don't, follow with me for a minute because you might be scratching your head. I don't own this company. I don't mean stock ownership, stock bonuses, any kind of thing like that. I'm talking about ownership. Um, so here's it is. We are li- all living. We are all entrepreneurs. We're all earning in a living in exchange for the services you provide. I, I usually draw a picture that looks something like this. I draw Walmart and then you, you go into Walmart. What happens? You pay Walmart money and Walmart gives you goods and services. That's an exchange. The exchange of goods and services for money is what we call doing business. It's not fancy. It's simple. Kids understand this. As adults, we complicate it. We get confused because this employee relationship and paychecks and W-2s and weirdness. And But it's simple. Business is nothing about exchanging goods and services for money. Anytime somebody gives you a money that's not just a raw gift, it's in exchange for something you did for them. And that's what being an employee is. When you get a paycheck, you should be able to look back and say that paycheck, which for most of you, it's a direct deposit these days, but you know, that money coming into my account is because I served somebody. 
And that somebody is not a nebulous corporation. I can't say I served IBM or I served AT&T because those things are just entities made up by uh, for legal reasons. They're, they're not people. They don't make, AT&T does not make a decision to pay you. IBM does not make a decision to pay you. Somebody, a individual breathing with a pulse, made a decision to pay you. And they make that decision daily. Let me say that again. Your salary in the decision to pay you is made daily. That's kind of scary, isn't it? But it's true. How often do you think about yourself going to a store, thinking, I used to go to the store all the time, but they kind of ticked me off the last couple of times I went there. And so daily you make a decision of, do I want to go back to that store or do I want to go to the other one? Daily, you make a decision of, do I want that cable television or not? Daily, you make a decision of, do I want Verizon or AT&T? Now, you may not ever change very much, but you might think about it. And there's what might push your button to go to the other side varies from day to day. Some days, you probably are just not thinking about it at all until you get the bill. Then you at least think about it, right? You think about it. Do I need that? That thought at least goes through your head, whether it's a loud thought or a very soft whisper. It's going through your head. Do I really need that? Let me tell you something. When we write payroll checks and we authorize things and we look at budgets, the first thing that ever goes through my mind is, do I need them? Which is completely fair and responsible in the way it should be. Now, the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur, or the, the, when we talk about ownership, what I mean is it's not up to me. If I'm your employer, it's not up to me to remind me how much you value, I value you. It's up to you. If you want to show value in a company, it's up to you. You have to have this mindset like it's my business. So again, I'm saying the people you serve are not this big nebulous thing. It's it's Sally, it's John, it's Jennifer, it's Joe. It's individuals who you serve who authorize you getting paid or can stop it. And it's complicated. It's not a simple thing. Many of you would say, well, my boss doesn't really authorize me getting paid because you know you can't just fire anybody. That's probably true. It's a complicated thing. Your team members can affect it. Even people below you can affect you getting paid. So who are the people you serve? Those are the customers. And that's what you got paid for. So when you got your paycheck and you look at it, you can just, can you see the pitch? Can you see the faces? Look at that. Go look at that deposit in your direct deposit and think about, can I see the faces of the people that I served that made that money flow to my, to my bank account? Can I see their faces? Can I think about what they care about and why they might right now be thinking, should I pay Dale next time? Should I pay me next time? Right? That's what's going on. So if you want to 
think like an entrepreneur, that means you're thinking like an owner. And that's all it all it amounts to. You're thinking owner. You are taking responsibility. Let me just put it a different way. Acting like an employee, which means I show up, I just figure, well, this is my job, whatever. I'll just do whatever they tell me to do. Oh, wh- why do I have to do that? That's not my job. And, uh, you know, it's not my res- Why don't they notice how important I am, how overworked I am? And why don't they promote me? Because don't they see what all awesome stuff I'm doing? I think they just overlook me. I think there's politics here. And all that kind of junk we got going on. The That is thinking like an employee. And acting like an employee is a lot like acting like a slave. A lot like an employee is acting like a slave. Now you might say, well, I'm not a slave. I can go home and I get paid and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, you kind of are acting like one. You're acting like a slave. You're acting like a victim. You're acting entitled. And when I look, and we make a lot of fun. We don't make a lot of fun. We talk a lot about the entitlement culture in the United States. But a lot of the entitlement culture in the United States is driving home in very nice cars, living in very nice homes, and they're getting a paycheck from very big companies, and they're acting entitled. I'm entitled to this money. I'm entitled to a pay raise this year. I'm entitled to my benefits. I'm entitled. It just goes on and on. And that's, that's in matter of fact, we often say those exact words. I'm entitled. I deserve that's a lie, and it's a lie, and it's a lie. I hate those commercials, those commercials that come. And I guess they're highly effective. They come on television, they're talking about, you deserve, get the sleep, you deserve, get the this, you deserve. You know, I'm going to just tell you, I don't know, you may not believe this, I'm a Christian, and from my understanding of, of truth, you don't deserve nothing. Well, actually, what you deserve is pretty ugly. You deserve hell. Now, I won't go into theology about that, but if I just take it from that perspective, you don't really deserve things. You tend to earn things. And you don't earn promotions and things like that in the way you don't get them deserved to you. You have to make them happen. So, you have to take control and ownership. That's what it comes down to. We're talking about you being an owner. So I'm going to give you, this is kind of my the 15 minute things for ownership, right? Uh, so the, uh, and, and so these are things that take you 15 minutes and there's so 15 minute hacks, if you will, for ownership. So let me just give you a couple of them. Before you leave for work, so every morning before you leave from work, just remind yourself that you are your own company. Uh, tell yourself, and I love this, I'm going to put this in quotes, you know, but I'm thankful for the opportunities I've been given to serve with my skills. I am the owner of my company, and everything in my company is my responsibility. The buck stops here, right? 
that that quote I'm giving you is very similar to what Zig Ziglar has done so famously over for years, and he had his self-talk scripts that he would have people tell themselves every day, look in the mirror and say these things to you, and one of them is very similar to what I said. So I'm not making this up. This isn't some kind of Dell voodoo. I mean, there's a lot of people using this because you got to get in your mind. you got to develop a mindset. So this doesn't take you long. You can, you can go download. I'll give you the link to the Zig Ziglar scripts. How about that? If you want all of them, but because they're a little longer and uh, I don't like to read that much, <laughs> you know, and I, uh, I like the shortcut. So this is Zig Ziglar's quotes. Uh, I mean, his scripts, but this the shortcut is, I am thankful for the opportunities I've been given to serve others with my skills. I am the owner of my company and everything in my company is my responsibility. That is true. Doesn't take you long to say that. You are, you, how you are perceived. So there's, so think about this. In the morning, you can sit there in the front of the mirror and say that and look at yourself in the mirror. How do others see me? How am I dressed? That's simple, right? We talk about that all the time. And you might be saying, well, you know, in my, in my company, we wear shorts and flip-flops. You know, Maybe you do, and maybe that's a culture, and maybe that is important. Uh, so I'm not. if you wear shorts and flip-flops in your company, don't, don't dress up in a suit and tie. You actually create a negative image of you. But... Are you looking the right spot? What does your executives wear? If it's shorts and flip-flops, awesome. What are a couple people if, you know, you always hear, don't dress for the job you want, dress for, I mean, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. What do people wear? And you just have to think there is an image about you. Now, you know, if you're working in a factory floor and your boss is in there in a coat and tie, don't show up in the factory floor in a coat and tie. Number one, you're probably violating all kind of safety principles. But... You know, you think about what is that image? How do other people see me? If you saw yourself walk into the grocery store dressed the way you do, looking the way you do, with a face looking the way you do, with a scowl on your face or the smile on your face or whatever, what do you perceive of you? That stuff matters. Boy, does it matter. It is so powerful. When I used to work for uh, Bell South, and I hated my job. Let me just describe to you. Hate with a passion. I despised Monday morning. I despised everything about the place. I hated it. The people were terrible. Uh, the management was terrible. The people under me weren't necessarily terrible, but they had a poor morale for, duh, obvious reasons, because the the, the management was it, it, it was rough. But I took on this thing, I'm thinking, and I, I took on this much of this attitude I'm here and I that I'm talking about here, and I started dressing in a suit and a tie. Now, part of my job, that was okay. That made sense for my job. And I started dressing in a suit and tie. But I was a little overdressed, right? I was a little overdressed for what it was. And so, you know, first I get the comments of, hey, are you interviewing today? What's going on? But I kept doing it for a couple of days and I noticed I'm in a meeting and I'm talking and for the first time people are paying attention to me in a way that they hadn't before. I was noticing that I was commanding respect in a way that I had never done before. Now, was that me? acting different because I was dressing different? Or was it people perceiving me different because of how I was dressed? I really don't know. 
I don't. I mean, maybe because I felt different about me because I was dressed this way. Who the heck knows? But I did notice when I went places, even to stores, people treated me different. Again, was that because I was carrying myself different? I have no idea. But it matters. So whether you're programming your own mind and entrepreneurial mindset and you're thinking I'm the owner of my company and you're making the perception out there, how you dress, how you carry yourself, your attitude, your posture, your scowl on your face or smile on your face carries a lot of weight. This takes so little time. So little. Give yourself that script. Look in the mirror in the morning. That's your 15-minute morning routine. Another thing that takes you really 15 minutes to do, but you might repeat this. You might repeat this one to do is be clear who you serve. Your customers are those who pay for the impact. What we do in, in our graduate program is you actually write down the list of all the people who you serve. You get really clear, not by title, by name. If I could get a picture of them, I want a picture of them. I want a list of my customers. Be really clear and revisit that. I might have that in my notebook and just look at that every week. This is who I serve, to be clear, because you want to keep top of mind. Those people are the people that make sure the money flows to you. Number three, create a vision. Now, I will be fair. This one could take you more than 15 minutes, but for most of us, 15 minutes will effectively get us there, maybe even five minutes. <clears throat> Because a vision is a short and long-term view about where you want to go, what you want to do. But I would start with the long-term. Ten years from now, what do I want to be doing? If I had tons of money in the bank, what would I be doing? If I could take this job and say, who cares about this job? I'm going to quit tomorrow. The company's going under tomorrow. And I got ton and they give me a, a, you know, like a football coach's buyout, like, you know, $10 million to fire you. What would I do? What would I be doing at that point in time? What would I go do? That would be how you think about your long-term vision. I have a loud truck going down the road. Speaking of vision. He's distracting mine. But you want to get a vision of, of what it looks like when you're successful. That's all we're talking about. What does success look like to you? Does that make sense? You want to be thinking through, when I do, when I make a win, what does it look like? Let me just tell you, when I meet with people, and I coach people uh, pretty much on a daily basis now, and when I coach them and I talk to them and I'm like, they tell me this is what they want, and the, one of the things I'm asking them is, what does it look like when you succeed? What does a win look like? And just so often we stumble, and I'm not saying just you or me or them, but we do, we stumble, we stumble around, we don't really know what a win looks like. What does it look like when I'm successful? You know, do, do I have a, you know, a billion dollars? in the bank? Am I driving a Maserati? Uh, do I have a house that's paid for? Uh, do I have my kids in private school? What does it look like? Be clear. And this is why they a lot of times in the vision thing, they tell you to go cut off pictures. You know, if you want to buy a car, cut out pictures of what you want to buy. You know, and just get clear on what you want. This is, this is kind of that vision. Now, this doesn't take long. 
And many people, if you sit down, and a lot of people say, well, I haven't had time to do that yet. This is not going sitting under a tree, meditating for a week, trying to figure this out. You kind of know. Just get a stupid piece of paper out and write it down and put your name and date on that piece of paper and stick it there in your notebook or in front of you on your desk or on a sticky note. I know a friend of mine has his on a sticky note on his computer. I'm not sure what he's going to do if he ever loses a sticky note, but you get the idea. Is There's his vision. So then you want to think about, number th- number three, you are your work. Now, this is more of a thought thing, but I want you to think about this for a while. What do you think about, I know, because I know the popular thing in culture is to say, I am not my work. I am not, you know, especially when people introduce themselves and they say, hey, you know, I'm Dale. And wh- what do you do, Dale? And that's what we ask, right? And a lot of people get offended by that. And that seems to be the psychology and psychobabble type thing going on. People talk about, well, that doesn't, I'm not defined by what I do. That's not my, that's not who I am. Baloney. Baloney. That is who you are. As a matter of fact, that is so much who you are. If you look back in history, people used to identify themselves and their name by their profession. Look, if you want to try to isolate yourself from your profession and you want to try to say, that's not what I am, then you're, you know, you're probably in the wrong profession. You're probably in the wrong profession. Because if you dislike what you do so much, you don't want to be associated with it, go do something else. Quit. You may say, well, Dale, I've got all this security and you've got all this stuff. You know what you are. You're just, you're, you're ruining yourself. You are ruining yourself because you got, you are who you are. And, and you can, you can blame, you can try to be psychobabble with it all you want. Look, this is what you do. You, when you, you think about how many hours a day you do and you serve and this is what you do. It's not all you are, but it, comes from the inside of what you are. And so when you look at successful people, like tell Tiger Woods that golf is not what he is, that golf is not part of him. Tell anybody, tell one of these news anchors that's that's successful, tell a successful entrepreneur, tell a successful football player, tell a successful uh, trader on Wall Street, you know, you know, they would identify, by the, and by the way, an actor or actress, they do identify with that. And they're not afraid of who they are. Why are you? Why would you be afraid of that? If you're afraid of it, there's something going on there. You don't like what you're doing. You don't feel like you're good at what you're doing. You hate the company you're doing it for. You know, there's, there's triggers here. Get really clear. And I think it's really... You just think about it. So, yeah, this is a 15-minute exercise. Think through that question. What is your job title? This is who I am. Maybe this is not the job title. What you do effectively. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is me. If that unsettles you, then you have some deeper things to think through. But going and doing some of these exercises, doing that vision will help you. Now, I work with a lot of people. Don't get freaked out. A lot of people get scared and freaked out when I start talking like this. Uh, you don't have to. 
Uh, you can feel empowered, as a matter of fact, because what's going to happen is not that you're going to have to go quit your job and quit your company and leave everything behind and all your benefits. No, matter of fact, a lot of people, once they think through this, realize it's not the company, it's not my team, it's not the people I work with, it's not my boss. These people are awesome, really. It's me. It's how I look at things. When I become an owner, I stand up taller. I'm serving better. I'm enjoying it more. And I own it. I hear that all the time. Many people who tell me I want to leave my job and it's scary and it's freaky and I, I hate being here. I hate the company, the morale, all the stuff that I just told you about Bell South. Here's what I know now. It wasn't Bell South. It was Dale. Now, is that all, all that I said true? It has bad morale, had terrible management and leadership? Yes, all of that it was true at, at various levels in, in the place I was in. But it was how I perceived it and now how I dealt with it was the key. And so my little trial of dressing was me trying to deal with it. The fact of the matter is I was in the wrong spot. I was in the wrong company. I was even in the wrong industry for me. I don't need to be in a big, giant company. I don't work well there. That's not my thing. But some people is. It's their thing. And aren't we glad that there's people who work at power companies and large telecom companies and even the government? Because if not, some of these things that we so depend on every day wouldn't even be there. But you just got to find out that thing for you. This is you being the owner. You are your work. Quit hiding from it. You have to understand, this is number five, understand how to serve your customer. This is, this is one that bothers a lot of people because some customers want to move slow, some want to move fast. And if you're kind of that person, I just want to get things done, nothing ever gets done in my organization, right? And I can say that. I work for a university a lot of the time, and so I'm spending time and it, nothing gets done very fast. Um, you know, that doesn't matter. I, I don't care because the kind of things I'm getting done, I don't depend upon that. Uh, that's their system. That's, that's how they want to do things. That's, that works for them. You have to be okay with that. You know, if in a, people tell me, like I have friends in the nuclear power industry, says if you could, if you go from a manufacturing thing to a, a nuclear power thing, like a friend of mine did, he said, I went from things had to happen in hours to things have to happen in months, if not years. Now, every now and then there's an hours, but for the most part, he says, you just, he said, I had to, he said, I was really uptight when I got in here and it was really bothering me and I was tense all the time, but I had to realize this was, there's reasons for them to operate at this pace. There's reasons. There's a lot on the line. So I had to learn to pace myself with what it was and be okay with that or leave. So this is, what he was saying is, I had to learn how to serve my customer the way they needed to be served. That's, that's an important thing. Number six, you've got to learn that this work-life balance thing is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't come in back and tell me, no, you got to know, you got to take time for your family. It's a lie. The work-life balance thing is the biggest hokey lie I've ever heard for the reason I just talked about. 
I mean, the, the sense I get is you should be able to turn it off and you should be able to say, okay, I'm going to wipe my mind. You know, it's kind of like walking out the door of your office. There's a squeegee up there that takes everything out of your mind and removes all the work stuff from you. And now you're suddenly clean to go and do and be with a family. And I guess when you walk out of your door of your front door of your house and you go to be at work, there's a squeegee that takes all your family things out, right? You would say, no, that ain't true. No. No, you don't put your family aside. If your family calls at work, you most people answer. If work calls at your family, well, most people answer. <laughs> uh, but now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you need to be working 100 hours a week or you need to take calls in the weekend or at night. That's not what I mean. But I mean, you can't shut it down because, again, going back to the principle that work, you are your work and the work is inside of you, you don't stop thinking about it. You go home. I mean, how many of you have gone home, had a problem at work, and you solve the problem later, not even doing it? You might be at a ball game with your kids. You may, and, and engaged with people and talking to people. You may be having a party with friends, and the friends say something, and it triggers in your mind. Wait, wait a minute, there's a solution. You didn't turn it off, you set it aside for a while. But you didn't, you're not trying to create this false narrative that you're not part of your work. You're just saying, I'm going to go do this right now, and I'll go work later. And for many of the most successful people I know, there's the, even this concept of eight hours of work and then going home or however many hours it is, it's a lie. They don't do that. They might work two hours and then go goof off and play golf and then come back for another hour. Some people work at 10 o'clock at night. They put kids to bed or whatever, and then they go for 10 o'clock at night and sit down for 30 minutes on the most productive time they got. I mean, you kind of figure that out. It's got to work for you. It's got to work for your family. But the whole thing about trying to create this work-life balance is like I have to shut things down and I have to shut my mind off. It just doesn't work that way. Number seven, to be the owner, though, let your family in. As even as an employee, let your family be part of it. Because, again, this is part of you. They should know what you do. They should even be part of that discussion of what you do. You know, the concept of dad or mom shows up and never talks about their work. Now, I don't mean come home and whining and complaining. That's negative and that teaches the kids something. Maybe not what you want them to know. But it's part of what you do. You should bring them into it. When you look at successful business people and business owners, their families tend to be a big part of it and tend to have grown with it. And they don't all go with the family business, but they tend to become of it part of it. And you even look at this successful people in companies. Their their sons and their daughters tend to come to work for those same companies or those same industries because they've been a, been a part of it and they enjoy it and they feel like it's part of them. Continue, going to work in that same industry is actually part of keeping that relationship alive with your family. So these these are some seven things I'm just giving you but Look, this is about ownership again. The difference between being an employee and being an entrepreneur is not the name. It's not how big the company is. It doesn't matter how you're paid or in the payrolls. It is an, a concept of who owns your company. It's ownership. And it's up to you to take ownership 
from the company that you already you already own it. Hopefully this is helpful to you, and thank you for so much for being with us. The uh, hey, I want to ask you to leave a a review. Go to iTunes, subscribe. Hey, leave a review. Leave a review. Awesome. Some of you, some of you have left the reviews uh, and said you don't like emailing me. It makes you nervous. Whatever. <laughs> if, you, if that bothers you, leave a review though. Uh, tell us what you think. It help. It helps a lot of people. It helps us get the word out better because of the way iTunes plays the game. A uh, you know, and 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 subscribe. That also helps us, and it, it lets you know when things are coming at you. You'll find all the notes here. Everything. This is podcast episode number 119 so you can go to dellcallahan.com slash 119 to get this episode and to get the, all the notes and everything that we've talked about on this episode again i'm about to be releasing the building your own business um or i'm in the process depending on when this releases the building your own business um uh course at dellcallahan.com slash byob uh, so helping you to grow your business, helping you to define your business and get things moving forward to generate real income in your pocket. It is great to be with you, and I am looking forward to being with you next time.